Welcome to Beyond the Staff Room, the show that breaks down the philosophies of education. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. Here we are, another day, excited to have you back and looking forward to a pretty fantastic podcast today. Uh, we have two Derricks in the room, folks. Derek Stopples is joining me, another educator from Ottawa. Excited to meet, always excited to meet another Derek, and a Derek from Ottawa. Extra bonus. So here we are in the same city, didn't even know it. Uh, he put a tweet out the other day about how to be creative in a pandemic, and I thought it was pretty cool. An interesting thing to look at. So we dove deeper into that. So while we're stuck at home, and while we're, if you're in Ontario, you're extended for a bit longer, well... I guess not all parts of Ontario, but many anyway. Um, let's think about how we can stay creative and get creative while we're in these strange times. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a fantastic podcast with Derek Stopples, high school teacher here in Ottawa. Cool. All right, Derek, I did it. We are two Derek's in a room in Ottawa, kind of, though separated. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for a chat. This is really cool. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of my favorite things to stumble on local educators who I don't know um, all of a sudden and have uh, have an opportunity to discuss. So welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks. I'm, uh, I was pretty pumped when you reached out to, uh, to talk. So I, I'm looking forward to this. Excellent. Well, one of the things that you were saying, I think we connected, was you were talking about um, staying creative in a lockdown, which I thought was really an interesting idea for a podcast and something to think about and something to discuss because it is like forced innovation. You know, we're in this really strange spot and, you know, like some of the really cool inventions have come out of hardship and difficult times and because you're forced in the spot. So I think if education can hold on to some of these new nuggets that we pull out um, in, in the last year's and this year's lockdowns, I think a lot of good can come from it. So I'm pretty curious uh, what you're thinking and how you're keeping, uh, you know, creative and innovative and not bored during this lockdown. Yeah. So I, I, as you mentioned, I put out a tweet asking other educators how you, how they stay creative during a lockdown because I was, I was having one of those days where I was just completely uninspired. And, um, you know, I, I thought there's, there's gotta be other people out there and in the Twitterverse feeling the same way I am. But then, you know, a few people threw out some ideas and admittedly not all of them were exactly what I was looking for, but I just, I got a couple of buddies teaching friends that, you know, we, we text each other every morning and it's, it's usually just for laughs, but it's also often we, we just bounce ideas off of each other all the time. And you mentioned getting two Derek's in a room. It's one of my buddies is Derek Brez and he teaches at Sir Guy. And, uh, and we just, what you're saying is we could get three Derek's in a room. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. That might be too much for the internet, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, we could, we should try it one day, but, uh, but we bounce ideas off of each other. And the other thing too is, uh, you know, I, I keep a journal 
where I just write things down and it's a, it's a professional journal. Like I, it's all full of teaching stuff. And when I'm getting uninspired, I just write the fact that I am uninspired and, and why I'm uninspired. And somehow that helps get me out of, out of the rut. And then the, the juices just start flowing. Cool. That's, one of the things I was going to ask you about is like, like I said, I don't have to listen to this podcast very often, but I like to get philosophical. And the first thing I was thinking of was, what do you mean by creativity? Okay. Good question. Right? So, yes. Yeah, so you're thinking, okay, I want to stay creative in a lockdown. And the first thing I thought of was like, what does he mean by that? Like, do you mean creativity in lessons or creativity in what way? So my tweet went out as far as as create as far as I'm concerned, like my, yeah, I guess you could think of creativity a whole bunch of different ways. So one of the things I love about teaching is that I found a way to like allow my, my practice to be my creative outlet. Um, I used to play, you know, in ska bands and punk bands and I played the ska band in high school for a very short amount of time. Probably. Oh, really? Yeah, I played the sax. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but and and you know, so that was my that there was my creative outlet. And then you, you get older, and life starts happening, and it gets harder and harder to have this creative outlet. And so I found a way to to allow myself to be creative in my classroom. So yeah, to to your point or to your question when I'm talking about creativity, I guess in this case, it's, it's in my lessons. And so how do I deliver a creative lesson or sorry, I don't love the word lesson, but how do I like, how do I provide my students with an opportunity to learn that's like, that's creative. That's different. That's a little bit outside of the traditional model. You know, and, and like I said, right. I use my I use my journal all the time just to just to throw out ideas at myself and and then I got my my professional network and some teaching buddies that I bounce their those ideas off of. And they usually you know, they, they don't this is what I love about these guys is they don't tell me that my ideas are crap, they always tell me how to make them better. You good. Know? And and so That's a good group. Yeah, exactly. And this is as close to like, this is as close to being in a band as I can get right now, you know, and this teaching man, it's such a personal endeavor in the sense that like, yeah, you're trying to be creative and, and you're always putting yourself out there every day. And so like, I, I'm, it's so awesome, but also so important to have buddies that you can bounce ideas off of and put yourself out there to them first you know before trying like you're you're going to be in your in your jam space trying out ideas to write a new song and not everything's going to fly but but you need people around you that are going to allow you to at least try it out first before you get on stage with it you know what i mean i do i really like the idea of teachers as band that's a really cool idea and um, did a, a sort of series on what is a teacher a while ago, a couple okay. years ago. 
And um, one of the things that came out that I really liked was the idea of a teacher as an artisan, um, right. because there's that like functionality, right? Like you're, you're, you're creating something. So there, there's a desire to want to be an artist because you are, you are creating something and to present as a, whether you're hopefully not always doing a stage on the stage, but certainly there's a, an element of that. And, um, but, but it's functional. Right. Yeah. So the artisan sort of seemed to fit more, right? That beautiful loaf of bread or that like perfect <laughs> yeah. chair, yeah. you know, it kind of feels like that's what's going on in the teacher world that we're creating. And I like that you mentioned inspiration. And I was thinking about this conversation I was going to have with you today. Um, earlier, I was out on a run and I was thinking about, well, creativity comes from inspiration. And for me, uh, the journal is a cool idea. So for me, uh, if you don't know if you've seen this relatively overplayed uh, video of what's his name, Admiral McRaven, the guy who talks about if you want to change the world, make your bed in the morning. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, you gotta watch that. I'll so it it's this it's this SEAL Navy SEAL admirable admiral at some like uh, graduation ceremony, and he's his title of is, is if you want to change the world, make your bed in the morning. And the talk is basically if you've done this one thing, then you're starting with a success. Right. And uh, you know if you start with one success, that'll build to more. And then at the end of the day, if your ter- day is terrible, at least you come home to a made bed, like, whatever. So <laughs> yeah. that was the whole thing, and it was really cool. And so I've been trying to you know make my bed in the morning in an educational way with um sounds similar a little bit similar to what you're doing you're texting with your friends i've got a uh, morning podcast for five minutes um that's a live radio show in the morning and we just uh I'll talk about whatever is going to happen that day and it starts it right cool. i know not not everybody would do that i get that but it starts me off right and gives me a chance to like just get the juices firing at the beginning of the day yeah, and then man. i feel like i've warmed up kind of you yep. know, there's this athletic piece or this music piece where you're sort of getting the juices going first before um, you, you you head off and get into it. So it's cool to see you're doing something like that. Yeah. And it's it's like you said, uh, or well, I was mentioning it earlier, like we text each other and every morning uh, I get up at five and I go outside. I've got I built a cabin this like uh, this summer. It's more like a bunkie, I guess. In, in my backyard and I've got, I got a big forest in the back. And so it's about a five minute walk to get out there. And every morning around five 30, I'm out there and right now it's cold and dark, but, but I like to read a little bit, you know, maybe start a fire, boil some coffee, boil some water to have a coffee. And then we, then I start sending the texts with my buddies and, and it's exactly what you said. It just gets the day started off properly. You know, we have some laughs we talk some philosophy of education, talk about, you know, taking over the world. And, uh, and it just gets us started off on the right, on the right foot in the right headspace. And, uh, yeah, like you can, that's how you start your day, man. It's the best way. That's awesome. I was reading your profile. So rookie outdoor enthusiast, I'm starting to get it now. So you got the cabin in the back, blowing the coffee on the fire. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I even I saw uh, on on your profile picture. You've got what looks like a homemade uh, wood gas stove. Is it? Um, no, I don't have that. Uh, it's. Is I making oh, that? Oh no, that I know what you're talking about. I uh, it's just a coffee can that I cut up and and like I, 
Okay. So, so I'm gonna send you these little plans that I have that I made last year. It's a coffee can with a bean can inside, and okay. then he'll basically holes drilled around the bean can, and you just stick it with twigs, and the as the the twigs off gas, they'll gas into the coffee can, and then that gas will reignite, and it's like oh, wow. oddly oddly awesome. It's yeah. a, called a wood gas stove. It's it's fantastic. Okay, I'll you, okay. I'll send yeah. you the plans for the little homemade jobby. Please do, because uh, one of the things, like uh, an initiative I, well, me and my buddies, we wanted to start was the science of survival, which is an experiential learning, like adventure through grade nine science. And that's what inspired this, this can. I, I thought like, okay, well, how can I, I wanted to make fires uh, at school. And so I wasn't sure if they were going to allow me to build campfires <laughs> on school property. Uh, and so I thought, well, maybe if I do it in these coffee cans, you know, the fire will be contained to be hopefully less dangerous. Anyways, we got shut down because of this pandemic, so it never panned out anyways, but it was worth a try. But that was one of your creative ideas. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which sort of like leads into my next bit of, you know, you ask the question, what did you get? Like, what are the, um, what are the takeaways or the, the things that you would pass on to somebody? How do you stay creative in a pandemic? What would I tell somebody how to stay creative? Great question. So step one, boil your coffee on open fire in the morning while texting your friends. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And just, and just chill out. You know, it's, uh, you, first of all, you got to find that space. You need to find a way to get yourself into a creative space. And, And if I'm being honest, I'm lucky because I have a, a uh, teacher candidate from U Ottawa right now. And he's, so he's running the show. <laughs> he's doing yeah. a great job of it too. And so I can sort of sit back and, you know, I'm, I'm listening, I'm paying attention to the class and stuff, but it, while they're talking like him and the students doing whatever they're doing, I'm, I'm making notes and, and yeah, I just, I think that the biggest thing to help people stay creative is you need a place to write down your ideas or maybe not even write it down, but you know, some people want to record their ideas or whatever. You need to keep your ideas somewhere. But like reflection, the, 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 worth, the right. worthiness of reflection and gathering and looking back at what you did and why you did it, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. And you know what, that's an interesting, the reflect, the reflection piece. Cause like I'll reflect on things and I'll write it down and I may never, ever look at it again. But it, it's just the act of me putting my thoughts onto paper that kind of cements it or gives gives myself somewhere else to go with it if I want right. to. And so, yeah, I think it's just what we were talking about earlier. If you, if you really want to get or stay creative during a pandemic, you need to find a, a space to be creative. And it's so hard, though, right now, especially. Well, I think one thing you said, you know, you kind of said it as a throwaway, but I think it's really, really challenging to do for many right now is uh, you said you got to chill out and yeah. that, that isn't easy. Right. It's no, and, and it's not, it's not easy, but, but it's super important and it's like mental health. They're talking about mental health all the time. And like now more than ever, you know, a few, two years ago, I thought to myself, there's three things in life. There's work, there's family, and there's your health. But you can only 
choose two. And so when I decided to choose my family and my health and put those first, I got better at my job. And because I choose my family and my health first, and it takes reminding that I have to do that, but it makes it like, that's when I can chill out. And like, you know, you hear all the time of all these breakthrough ideas happened to all these scientists or, you know, great people because they put the problem on the back burner. They were doing something else when they came up with this awesome idea. And I find like when I put my family, my health before my job, it helps me be better and more creative in my job. Yeah, there is this weird thing where, you know, more isn't necessarily more, right? Yeah. So in, you know, I know you're not ignoring your job, but in, in putting that aside for a second, it actually makes you better at it, right? Yeah. I mean, marathon runners take rest days. It, it actually makes yeah. you a better runner to not run sometimes. It's a good point. You know, and uh, one thing, I'm, I mean, it's funny because we're, we're innately better at some things than, than we are at others, right? Like I'm terribly disorganized, but um, right. I know that I'm disorganized, so I have tools in place to make myself, yeah. you know, function as a normal <laughs> principal type person. Otherwise I'd be bad yeah. at my job. Right. So, and some people, and, and I, but I do do a pretty good job at chilling out. I unplug well, I sleep well, no matter how stressful things are, I'm pretty good at shutting it down. And so people ask me that those questions a lot and try not to be flippant about it, try to be like purposeful about it. And I think it really, in my opinion, is it really boils down to, um, like seeing the value in it and giving yourself the right to do that. Like I yeah. earlier today stopped, you know, in the middle of my work, I'm at home. I had free time in my middle of my work day and I watched a ridiculous video about, <laughs> uh, what was it? Was it about, it was like, I don't know, some outdoorsy video of some kind of canoeing. Ah, it was this canoe trip okay. from, uh, from, uh, Minnesota to Hudson's Bay. And wow. it was totally had nothing to do with anything I was doing. And I actually stopped myself and said to myself, this is okay. Like yeah. if I take this eight minutes, I will be a better person to everybody else around me. If I watch this stupid video for eight minutes, I'll probably be a more pleasant father. I'll probably be a more pleasant husband. I'll probably be a more pleasant principal. Right. So I'm going to take this time. And even though there's no argument that I don't need to learn about that, it's not yeah. going to benefit any of those things. It actually benefits all those things because I gave myself permission to do it. Right. So yeah. it's like accepting the foolish. It's that's a, a huge, huge part of it. Such a good point is giving yourself permission. And, you know, I also say like, uh, forgiving yourself. So, okay. Like, yeah, I wasted eight minutes, but that's okay. And like you said, it makes me a better husband, better teacher, better person. The people around me need me as badly as my students do. And I would argue right now, you know, my wife and kids need me to be at my best with everything that's going on. And, and yeah, you gotta, like you said, give yourself permission to just do something hilarious or do something awesome. Do something well, and there's awesome. skill within it, 
right? Like there's skill within it. Like every, I mean, I use this as an example because it's so ridiculous. So every year for Terry Fox Day, I do a thing, right? And one year I dressed up in a chicken suit because we raised X amount of money and I wore a chicken suit for the day and, you know, played basketball with the kids in my chicken suit and et cetera. (laughs) And I had a parent reach out to me at the afterwards and, you know, was upset that I wasn't sort of modeling an uh, an aura of academia and that I was being silly. And so it was it was really interesting because I will have that conversation with them and sort and say, look, if you think about it, if you look at it, it's actually really supporting one the community, right? They're getting a little reward. Two, yeah. they're seeing somebody who is potentially you know you know uh, looked at as a person of authority. They're understanding that there's that they're that they're a different type of person. The building connections, we're building community. Like here, are all the things we're doing. And once I said that, it was a pretty reasonable person. Once I said that, she understood and yeah. and got it. Right. But we don't always see that. Like, I'm not wearing a chicken suit because I want to. Right? I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it's funny. Yeah. yeah I did yeah. think it was hilarious. So that's not the only reason. Like, I'm also doing it to build community. Right. You know, right. And so um, these same things, when you're giving yourself that time off, like, it's not just selfish. Sure. An element of it is selfish. Sure, but yeah. there are other elements, too, of like, you do need to give yourself time off. And it wouldn't be okay if I was watching those videos all day long or in a chicken suit every day. But when you're giving yourself a reasonable break, that is okay. Yeah. And, that's, and important. That's a good point. Yeah. And it's, I guess. And the other thing, too, like, yeah, I read voraciously. Like, I, I just read just anything I can get my hands on just about. And it's super distracting, but, but I'll read more than I'll watch TV. And and like, I love watching hockey and I'm super pumped that it's back on TV now, but, but I just find that watching a hockey game at night doesn't, doesn't set my head the same way as if I were just reading a novel. Right. And like, yeah, I can't, it's so important to, to, yeah, just figure out what what you need to get yourself in the right headspace and then to give yourself permission to get there. And I mean, if it means you sit around in a chicken suit, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I, I find that too in my, in my hobbies. I'll think about it when I'm doing something else. I'll see what what areas of that will apply back to teaching. It's like when oh, I disconnect yeah. more, the more I disconnect, the more I reconnect, right? Like I go on a paddling trip and it's on that paddling trip that I'll have the realization of a great idea that I want to bring back to school. Right. And so this, that, that happened to me this summer. I went on a, a backpacking trip through Algonquin park with a buddy and the first 10 kilometers was along an old railroad track. And I'm, I was walking and I'm like, man, this is so cool. There used to be a train that went here. And then I started asking my buddy, like, who was on that train, you know? And like, why did they put this train track here? And why do they not use it anymore? And I'm thinking like, this is Canadian history here and it's Canadian geography and it's grade nine science. Like, why can't we just mash that all up together? And just like you said, if I hadn't gone on that backpacking uh, trip, maybe I never came up with these ideas, right? But And then out in Algonquin Park, that's about as disconnected as you can get, or not just Algonquin Park, but just in the backwoods somewhere. Well, yeah, that doesn't sound like getting ready for class, going on a backpacking <laughs> no. trip with your friend, right? <laughs> right, but a lot of professional development happened on that trip. 
Yeah, I believe it. And it's an interesting point. And we, you know, we can't always be doing those sorts of things, but we can find little micro moments. Exactly. Yeah. And the that's the, said, oh, sorry, I was just going to say like about being creative and like getting in the right headspace. Like I get outside a lot and I think one of the easiest, no, not easy. It's never easy, but like, I love learning. And so I think that helps me find teachable moments. And so I'm always got my eyes open when I'm walking around outside looking for things that I'm curious about. And that helps me like, oh, if I'm curious about this, maybe there's a kid in my class who's curious about it too. And, you know, and then I see what I can bring into my room. And it's what I love about teaching grade nine and 10 science is like the, the, the strands are so open-ended that I could bring just about anything into those classrooms and make it relevant. There was that quote. I think I tweeted the other day. There's the cure to boredom is curiosity. There is no cure to curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I love that. That's awesome. Um, so one of the things that you said that um, I want to jump on is reflection. So I have this mildly controversial and fairly uh, hard opinion that I feel like <laughs> reflecting is super, super important to practice. And I think it really refines what we're doing as teachers. And I think if you reflect in, in, in a private way, like in a journal or whatever, I think that that's great. But I think it's not as good as public reflection. I think that if we uh, reflect in a, a blog or a podcast or something that is designed for other people to see, then, uh, or including Twitter and that sort of thing, then um, you're going to get pushback from other people. You're going to get advice. You're going to get um, other things that are kind of come in from it. And because you're publicly reflecting um, the product you're, you're putting out, you're, you're putting more thought into it. Right. You're, you're real. Yeah. You're, you're just having a little more retrospection into why you're doing it. Um, and so, I mean, we met on Twitter because of that. And yeah. um, I just, you know, briefly looked at some of your things in your podcast or your, uh, your blogging. So what are your thoughts on that? Like, how would you so far I'm starting my day off, right? I'm chilling out. I'm reflecting. How would you focus that in? Like, what does someone need to do to reflect sort of as best they can? to increase that creativity output. Yeah. I love that you brought up the, uh, the public reflection piece because like you're, I think like, because I'm a, a big proponent for experiential learning and I'm always trying to do more of that. And I could do a lot more of it still in my classroom. And like, um, we always, for experiential learning to be the most valuable, we're always looking for a, an authentic audience for our students to, to present their work to. And like, it's the same what you were saying for teachers, like, but it's hard, man. Like if putting myself out there, like there's some, there's some extremely uh, personal blog posts that I've written and uh, I think the most personal, the most recent personal one that I put up there was how I learned what learning looks like. And like, I failed a lot of times uh, doing like in my, it was a 3U biology class. And man, I made a lot of mistakes, <laughs> but learning still happened anyways. And I think like you said, man, it's so important to put it out there. And that's like, 
when people come back at you with ideas and they push back at you, that's when you, that's when you get really good at your job because now you're, uh, you're reflecting on it. You're saying, okay, well, if you're, if you're the right kind of person, you're like, well, what's this person saying and does it have any validity or does it even have some validity or are they just pushing back because they're afraid of what they might have to do because of it, you know? And so uh, I really like that public reflection piece. It's helped me a lot. And it, it goes back to the example of playing in a band, right? Like I come up with an idea for a song or a, like a horn line or some lyrics or something well, I got to put it out there to the other guys in my band before we can perform it publicly. But that's like, that's how we're reflecting on, on the piece personally, but also publicly. And then we got a product that we can put out there. And so like I, I did the three U biology course, made a ton of mistakes, but a lot of things went really well, found out what learning looks like, wrote a blog post about it, which also like, sorts out my thoughts helps me like figure out what I want to do again and what I don't want to do again. But like you said, now somebody might read that and be like, Oh, that's, that's crap. Thankfully though, I got a lot of positive feedback from, from the people who, who read that piece. But like, yeah, I love your, your comment about public reflection. Well, I appreciate that you said it's hard. And that's something that I, I've talked to people about before. And, and my response is that that's kind of the point, right? right? Like my, my father would famously say, uh, you know, if it was easy, everyone would do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And exactly. you know, it's hard, right? It's, it's challenging, but yeah. you know, it's worth doing. And this is my, my little mini goal is to try to get more educators to be and reflect publicly in the way that makes sense for them. Like, I don't want to write a blog. This is why a podcast, I can't be bothered to sit down and write doesn't interest me one bit, but love doing the podcast thing. There's a lot of different ways to do it. But I think if you're not getting out of your own echo chamber, um, you know, you're risking missing out on a lot because there are a lot of really great teachers doing really interesting things out there. Um, yeah, I like uh, that echo chamber, getting out of your own echo chamber. And it's, I guess that's the thing. You know, that's, it's tough with, like, with the internet, I guess, and social media and the algorithms and everything. Because, like, my Twitter feed is full of teachers that I agree with. Um, so it's, I guess, though, like, by putting it out on the... I like to put it out there in a blog post because I also have like a, the link to my blog at the bottom of my signature and my emails and stuff. And right. so, so I, well, have I would challenge to- you to sort of curate against that too. You can do that. That's something that I do a little bit is I look for some people that are, you know, pushing against some of the things that I normally right. would stand with and, and sort of curate them into my group a little bit, which is, I know, mildly uncomfortable, but um, it it is, it it can be useful to get pushback, even if you fundamentally don't agree, you know, at least point, poke some holes in things and let you kind of understand where another side is coming from, you know? Um, Yeah, well, and you're right. And the the thing is, 
Like if we just trust that every other teacher has our students' best interests in mind, then you we know that they're at least coming from a good place. And so maybe they don't agree with the pedagogy, but but they're just looking out for students the same way I am, right? Well, they definitely are. I mean, one of the things I, I think about a lot in my principal's course qualification, and one of the things they said, and I remember it very well, was the next time a parent yells at you, and they will, and they have, yeah. um, they're doing it because they want to do the best thing for their child. They might be acting inappropriately. They might be acting in a way that doesn't make right. sense. But their only reason, 100% of the time, they're doing it because they want the best for their kid. And it's the same thing with a teacher. Like there are no teachers that are, or very few, that are um, yeah. doing something because they don't think it's going to work. They're doing it because they want to support their kids. And maybe it isn't, but that's not, but that's why they're doing it. So, um, right. you know, having an understanding that where everybody's coming from, helps us sort of figure that out. Yeah. And I think like what I was saying about, I, I put my, uh, my blog website at the bottom of my email address. So everything that I put into this blog post, I know that there's a chance a parent might read it or a, an administrator might read it. So I have to be like, I'm always aware cognizant of, of what I'm putting out there. And so and and again, like it, it comes comes from from playing in the band. Like I'm putting myself out there, and I have to just be comfortable with the fact that not everybody's going to love everything that I do. But like you said, if we're all coming from the same place with the the children, the students' best interests in mind, there there is some common ground that we can like we can rest comfortably knowing that there is common ground somewhere in the conversation. Yeah. I think that's, that's a safe bet. We really can. Okay. Yeah. So we're starting right. We're chilling out. We're reflecting to me. The piece that's missing here is the execution. So what does that look like? Or is there a piece of the other piece that I'm missing? So I, I'm trying to be creative in my classroom. I'm, I'm, I'm starting the day, right. I'm thinking about what I'm doing. I'm surrounding myself with wonderful people. I'm relaxing a little bit. What about in, you know, your bands up on stage? What about that? What about that moment? Yeah. Okay. Now you're speaking my language. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so then it's showtime, right? And so you're, I'm, I'm up there on stage and when we're in the jam space, so when we're throwing ideas around, we're super critical of every note and beat that's missed because it's not okay. Like we're taking our, our jobs super seriously, but not ourselves. And, and so when you, when it's time for delivery, uh, you just have to, like I was saying, forgive yourself if things go wrong. And it's, you just hope that you can make it better next time. Because once it's out there, if it flops, it's it flops. And now you got to find, like, you, you don't always have time to stop and go back, right? Like, bands don't restart their songs because th they messed up the lyrics. Or the drummer played the wrong fill. Or my saxophone squeaks. And that happened often, <laughs> you, you know, it's like, so it's, it's showtime. And when it's showtime, and I say that when I'm coaching sports too, like if you make a mistake on the, 
on the court or on the field or on the, on the rink. Well, that's over now. What are we going to do to keep moving forward? And so in the classroom, if something fails or doesn't go exactly the way you wanted it to, we, we still got to keep moving forward. And so you have to be able to forgive yourself for those, for those actions or for those mistakes, those failures, whatever you want to call them. Um, and so I guess like for the execution part, you've, you've thrown all your ideas around, you've put it all together, you've looked over it, you've reflected on, on what you want to deliver. You get into the classroom and, and it's showtime. And, and like, hopefully not everybody, I'm not a sage on the stage kind of guy. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's like, I get in there and I give the control over to students and I just, but, but even that is it's your classroom. So you're giving that control. Right. right? So like, yeah. even that is part of it, like being brave to do, to give out the control to somebody else is almost more challenging than it is to stand in front of people and speak. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think gonna, I was going to say ahead. that it is like giving the control up to the students now. And you're like, Oh boy, I hope this works because <laughs> if it doesn't, I don't have a plan B. Well, I think that the personally, I think that the brave thing plays in, I had a, I like this music line. So I had a jazz band, uh, I guess conductor would be the word back in the day that yeah. said, you know, you got to play brave. And right. I like that. I think that is what it is. Like you've done the work, you've done all the things you need to do to get ready for that. And then you just got to lay it out there. You lay it all, all out there as best you can. And if it doesn't go well, then it doesn't go well. And you reflect on it yeah. and you, you, you lean back on these folks that helped you get to where you're at and you tweak and you yeah. change and you do it again. But that is really hard, right? It's to, really hard. To, yeah. to, ha- to feel Again, it's it's almost the, the the thread that we've been talking about a lot is allowing yourself to do things like to to, to allow yourself to go up there and just sort of throw it out and see how it goes, um, yeah. and recognize that it not going well is part of it. If you if the, the goal is creativity, like let's just say the goal in this case because this conversation is creativity, yeah. then it should fail a bunch of times. Otherwise, you're not really pushing oh, yeah. envelope, right? Right, exactly, and and. Yeah, like we've been saying, it's okay that it fails, right? Because it's all rooted and it's all coming from a good spot. And so I'm just trying to do the best for my students. And and it doesn't mean anything to the students in my class right now, but it's going to be better next time. And you thank your students at the end of the day for making you a better teacher, better educator. And like it's, it's you got to be vulnerable, Right. And when you're vulnerable, if you're comfortable, and and again, it's super hard to be comfortable being vulnerable. But to me, that's when the creativity really starts happening. When I'm like, okay, I'm going to just try this. And I know that at the end of the day, everything's going to be fine. So long as nothing gets broken and no one gets hurt, then then I'm just going to put myself out there and see what happens. Cause I know that I'm okay with myself to pick myself back up afterwards. If I have to. When we, we talk about being okay with failure, it's easy to say and so hard to do. I have yeah. this little like micro example that I like to talk about where um, I'm, I'm the terrible speller. It's okay. a fatal flaw of mine. And um, 
so for many years, like many years, when I would write on the board, I'm an elementary school teacher, when I'd write on the board um, and make a mistake, I would say that I planted it there. Congratulations for passing. <laughs> yeah. um, well <laughs> and then I realized that's absolutely not modeling failure at all. And so then I switched and I like right. it better where I've, uh, I just own it. And then I've had the kids say, oh, you did that on purpose to catch you. And I've called out, no, I didn't. I just, I just <laughs> absolutely spelt it wrong. Uh, yeah. But thanks for noticing person in grade three <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and I'll fix it. Uh, but it, like, I mean, it is, it's super easy to say we're going to, we're going to, uh, you know, own our mistakes, but I mean, how yeah. often do we not? Right. It's, yeah. It's a, well, it's, it's opened up a lot of doors, possibilities, and some incredible experiences have come from, from me being able to say, uh, I don't know the answer to that, you know, and like so many, I, I talked to some, some people and they, you know, they, they mentioned that teachers are expected to be the smartest ones in the room. And I, I think to myself, every kid, especially these days, is literally sitting in front of the internet the entire time that they're talking to me. And like, I'm, there's no I'm not way. not smarter than the internet. <laughs> no, exactly. And, you know, and they'll ask me a question and, and I'm like, listen, man, if you want me to answer that, I'm going to look it up on Google. So maybe you could just look it up on Google. <laughs> And tell me what you come back with, because I'm super curious to know about that too. Yeah, that I mean that's a that's a confidence piece, I think, what comes with time. So it's that's great. Yeah, that's that's true. Awesome. Okay. So I feel like we've got there it is. So now the question has been answered. How do you want to be creative in your classroom in a pandemic? You gotta, you know, start the day right, surround yourself with lots of people that are uh, pushing your thinking, chill out. Be brave in your performance and then reflect back on it, preferably publicly. Is that summing yeah. up? That's, that's, <laughs> you put it better than I could have. That's awesome. All right, Derek. Well, anything else we should talk about before we wrap this, uh, this show up? No, man. Thanks so much for uh, putting my thoughts into words. <laughs> Pleasure. It's been a blast to have you and uh, hopefully we connect again in the future. I hope so. Absolutely. 